Maybe death isn't darkness after all, but so much light wrapping itself around us. Aloha, shifters, light guardians, dreamers within this beautiful holographic dream. Thank you for joining in once again for another one of our inspirational paradigm shifting, consciousness expanding community podcasts that we do here through the Paradigm Shift Central Project. My name is Brendan, aka Mystic Spider-Man, Skull Babylon, Wolf Shield, welcoming you for those of you who may be here as regulars, for those of you who may be here for the first time. Tonight's team discussion, which we do again every Thursday, we have these podcasts to be able to practice holding space, to be able to have discussions about the things we don't always get to be able to talk about related to spirituality, consciousness, metaphysics, life, and in this case, including death. Today's topic is going to be, <clears throat> excuse me, is going to be on spiritual wisdom of death and dying. And for those of you in the YouTube chat, if you guys can do me a favor and just drop an 11-11 in the chat to be able to confirm that you guys can hear me okay. If the audio and video is slightly Slightly out of sync at any point, please apologize. We get that fixed as we go. But we're going to get rolling into this discussion in the next few moments. Just going to do a brief introduction. And again, if you're here for the first time, go ahead and drop a 333 in the comments down below. And for those of you who are regulars, please feel free to welcome some of our new members, some of our new members of the community. And for those of you on TikTok or Instagram, click the link in my profile now to be able to join in on YouTube. And for those of you on Facebook, you can find the link down below. And for those of you in the future, you can always find the recordings for these on YouTube and at Paradigm Shift Radio on iTunes. If you haven't already yet, please feel free to connect further with our community by joining our team Discord server. That's our team chat. You can join there. And of course, if you would like to be able to support the community project, consider joining on Patreon at the $11 a month or any contribution level to be able to become a leading member and to be able to join on air for our weekly podcasts and also receive access to our private community team chat space and much more. So thank you again to everyone, to our Patreon supporters. And with that said, we're going to get right into this discussion and so before we do that officially we're going to start off as we do each each time that we do these meditations with a little bit of a meditation each time that we do this conversation with a little bit of a meditation and so we're going to drop ourselves into this heart space kind of visualize ourselves sitting in a circle express gratitude and then from there we are going to move into the official start of the discussion so thank you again everyone and for those of you looking for the team chat uh the discord link the link is in the youtube info of this video as well so you can find it there as well as the patreon and everything else plus past episodes so with that said let's get right into this very important discussion by allowing ourselves to drop into this meditative space so I just invite everybody here to gently just kind of join me in closing their eyes and just allow yourself to relax your body, straighten up your posture, open up your chest, relax your face. And as you listen to my voice, gently just connecting with your breath, soft, gentle inhales and soft, gentle exhales. Breathing here, just bringing yourself into this space of gratitude. And as we bring ourselves into this space of gratitude, I want you to imagine and visualize all of us sitting in a circle. You can imagine us sitting in a circle outside under a beautiful tree or imagine us sitting in a floor on a yoga on the floor in a yoga studio, which is again how these conversations started within the project many many moons ago before it was officially a podcast it was just groups hanging out in yoga studios and now here we are creating this sacred digital space together so visualizing the circle of all of us sitting here together and just take a moment here to just be able to hold gratitude in your heart as you look around at the different faces and you just honor 
all of the people here as sacred mirrors, sacred mirrors for us to be able to see more of ourselves, for us to be inspired by. And just taking a moment here to be able to receive that expression of gratitude and just feeling that love of the community. Knowing that we are all equals here, we are all here as wisdom holders, we all carry with us our unique experience, our unique gifts, our unique insights. And so just take a few more moments here, we're just going to conclude this meditation, it's just a short one. I'm just going to stop talking just for a moment, and as you do, I want you to just be able to speak within your heart, just a little bit of gratitude to the people here in the circle, continue to breathe, and just allow yourself to receive this gratitude as well. So just continue here, just for the next few moments, just breathe gently, and just be in this space of gratitude as you visualize this image, and then continue to visualize this image throughout the discussion that we have here tonight, today. So go ahead, continue to breathe here, express that gratitude and be open to receiving it as you look at all these beautiful people here with us today. One more nice deep breath together. Exhale, a bit of a little sigh. <sighs> Beautiful. Continuing to hold this image in your mind, allowing us to be able to stay in our heart as we move through this discussion here tonight. And gently, when you're ready, slowly open your eyes and return your awareness to the space around you. Beautiful. All right. Thank you again, everyone, for joining in for what will evidently be a, a very meaningful, a very important discussion that we're having here tonight. Now, of course, when we do these discussions, the intention here is to be able to create sacred space for us to be able to talk about the things related to spirituality, related to consciousness, and ultimately to be able to inspire people. I know a lot of people, they may kind of come into this topic and they may kind of feel a little bit of unease. They're just like, okay, this isn't something that I'm totally comfortable with. And that in itself is a part of the discussion. Why? Why are we not comfortable with death? Can we be comfortable with death? Maybe that's something we'll explore here tonight. But evidently, the concept of death is something incredibly important, something that is the great equalizer between all of us. It is something that we all experience throughout our existence in one form or another, regardless of race and religion and all of that. And when we're talking about death here tonight, I'm just going to talk for a moment, and then we're actually going to pass it over to our friend Michael Brazel, who has a very unique perspective on this. And then uh, after that, we're actually going to pass it to uh, to Paul, who is uh, my father, who also has a very unique perspective uh, on this and a special guest on tonight's podcast, as you all are. But when we're talking about death in tonight's podcast, in tonight's discussion, today's discussion, we're not just talking about the physical death. We're, we're also talking about the metaphorical death, the spiritual death. We're talking about the cycle of life. What can we learn from death? Death is, death is inevitably a part of a bigger cycle. If things were never to die, then there would be no opportunity for new things to grow. There would be a, uh, there would be no new novelty, and so you have to understand as more of us and more of us are continuing to do as we naturally mature throughout our lifetime, is that death is actually an important part of the process of new life as a process of new birth, and we within our own experiences will experience death in a variety of ways. We will experience death physically with those who we love. We will be faced with our own mortality, and yet we will also experience death simply in being able to 
observe how parts of ourself will go through a transformation process, how there may be old versions of ourselves or old belief patterns, limiting thought programs, old paradigms, things literally have to kind of not just die, but transform. And so death, perhaps, is something we can talk about tonight is literally a process of transformation. And of course, with tonight's topic, and I'm just going to say this and we'll pass over to, to Michael. This topic is, again, something that I felt incredibly important for us to be able to have tonight. Uh, for, for those of us who are here, again, as this community of shifters, this community of people who are helping assist with the shift in consciousnesses, which is what the context of this entire community is about. Because our entire world right now is faced with death. Not that this is anything new, but it's definitely on another level than it was, say, this time last year and the years before it. And it's not just death in, in the face of the pandemic, but it's also death just in the familiarity of uh, uh, old ways of being that, that are no longer accessible to us. So we'll talk a little bit more about this, but the world right now is going through a process of grief and a process of bereavement. And how do we, as members of community, as members of the planet, as members of the shift, how do we assist with that? How do we hold space for that? How do we help with the healing process of that? So this is going to be a part of the discussion tonight is, is also going to be talking about, again, the concept of death, how to be able to more deeply understand it, how to be able to relate to it on, on other levels, and how to be able to perhaps in some ways cultivate a bigger understanding that will allow us to meet it with a new sense of courage and, and just like a more open heart for, for others and ourselves. So if you guys are ready for this, go ahead, drop some 1111s in the comment. Let me know on YouTube in the chat. And we have a wonderful lineup tonight. Uh, we have myself, Brendan, we have Lauren, we have Fiona, AKA Aura Vibin. We have Star Soul, we have Carly, we have Julia, we have Michael, we have Roots, and we also have Paul, who's my father. So with that said, we're going to pass it over to Michael. Just as a quick introduction, Michael will be able to introduce himself fully. Michael's been involved with the Paradigm Shift community for quite some time. We actually started this podcast back in 2011 or 2012, many, many eons ago. And, uh, and, and Michael, again, he, he is someone who I've always uh, looked up to as, as someone who has just been an active voice in the community. And I'll let him tell you a little more about this, but Michael is also a death doula. So he has a very unique perspective on this. And again, the, the concept of tonight is the spiritual wisdom of death and dying. What can we learn from death? And not too long ago, we actually did a tarot reading and we pulled the death card and it kind of sparked a lot of powerful conversations about this. So when you think of death, think of it in the way of the tarot deck, where it's also about the process of the death and rebirth. But again, that's just one perspective on it. And let's just allow this conversation to naturally unfold. We'll move from one person to the next. And thank you again, everybody, for holding space and for being here with an open heart. With that said, Michael, we're going to pass it over to you. And please feel free to introduce yourself and go ahead and talk to us a little bit about your perspectives on death, the spiritual wisdom on death, and anything else that you feel would be valuable for the community. Go ahead, Michael. All right. So thank you again for having me. Thank you for holding this space and hosting a conversation on death and dying. So I am a death doula, a death companion, a grief companion. Um, and what that means is I assist in providing non-medical support for those that are in the active dying process, their caregivers. Um, we look at all the different parts and pieces of death and dying. And the one thing that I want to just kind of shift back to, because I think a lot of times, especially within spiritual communities, is we're real quick to get to the resurrection and we're really quick to jump over the actual death process. And that is 
the one truth that really connects all of us. And it's really like a spoiler alert for some people that we're all going to die. And there is nothing wrong with that. It's a natural part of this thing called life. Um, the body knows how to do it. It's, it's born into us. The minute we are born, we begin to die. And there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. And I think oftentimes we try to attach a certain level of certainty to what happens after death. Um, and for me, I'm perfectly fine with the mystery because it really is the one mystery. We can theorize and conceptualize and put religiosity on top of it, but none of us who are sitting here right now know. And even if you've had a near-death experience, it's still near death. No one's come back and said, hey, this is what happens. This is the jam on the other side. And I think that's beautiful because it lets us all play with the mystery a bit. But the reality is this thing that we're in is going to die. And part of understanding that allows us to prepare for it. And talking about death and preparing for death doesn't make death happen any sooner. Um, one of the most powerful spiritual gifts you can give to your loved ones is to let them know how you want your body disposed of, what you want to have happen at the end. Do you want a do not resuscitate order? What do you want to have as part of that process of dying? Um, it alleviates the stress and allows the people around you to grieve when they're then able to not have to worry about um, honoring your legacy because it's already honored. You've already done that work beforehand. And it's never too soon to start. Um, I do a daily meditation on death. Like if today were my last day or this were my last breath, is there anything that I haven't done that I should do or should say? Um, it allows me to be more present in my experience because this experience is finite. Death is an invitation for us to live more fully in this experience. Death is not a punishment. Death is not something that um, you know, the universe is doing to us. It's just this natural, gradual, beautiful part of the process. And death is messy. You know, we can read books about uh, hospice and palliative care and, and you know, the, the, this big insights that happen at death. And that's not always the, how it happens. Sometimes death, death is messy. Um, there's poop. There is pee. <laughs> there is the physical decay of the body. There's illness. There's sickness. Um, and all that is messy. And I think, you know, we do a good job of sanitizing. Like we'll say so-and-so passed away or moved on. Well, so-and-so died. And I think having language around death and dying helps us to be less phobic around death and dying. We live in a death and grief phobic society and we aren't given the tools because a lot of times our parents don't have the tools, their parents didn't have the tools to process what's happening around us. Like grief is a very non-linear process. It can last forever. Um, spiritualizing away our grief or death doesn't make it better. It usually just makes it worse. So being able to really sit with the reality of it is probably the most spiritual thing we can do. Um, I often talk to those who are in a more religious space 
And when we talk about death, we talk about what happens after, you know, even on the cross, Jesus had to die before the resurrection happened. But we want to get to the resurrection because that's the cool part of the story. But on the cross, when he was dying, there was doubt, there was fear. Um, and in those phrase, that phrase, he says, you know, why have you forsaken me? All of that is there. And that is the beauty of the invitation of death is that even in that moment, there was mystery, even in the certainty that Christ had, right? There was an uncertainty around the mystery of what was happening. And I think that's the invitation, right? And the more work we do about, and we have conversations like this, we're talking about death and dying. Um, it allows us to, um, one, invite our friends and family and community in, because a lot of people don't know, like, you can keep the body at home, like after death. Um, you don't have to rush the body out. There are so many amazing ways for disposition of the body. There's a place in, uh, I think, Washington now uh, that's called Recompose, and they will actually turn your body into soil, which is like the most amazing. They open up next month, and they put you in these like, um, like honeycomb type things, and like it just makes your body soil. So you like could send flowers to all your friends that are now you, you know? They're aquamation where you take the body through a water filtration process and it just breaks you down to water and they just pour you back out into the land. There are many, many ways. And a lot of us just think it's the, you know, put you in the funeral home, the casket, the embalming and all that. And that's not the case. Um, so death has also been industrialized in a lot of ways. So part of having these conversations is taking control over the death process, which then allows us to take control of the grief process. And when we talk about the small deaths, the metaphorical deaths, I think a lot of that also comes from our fear of actual death. So it all comes back to this place of dealing with the physical because those are easier conversations to have, like a relationship ending or a job ending. And Colin Perry, who is a thanatologist, someone who studies death and dying, coined the term shadow loss. And that's these smaller losses that we experience around things and objects and experiences. Whereas death and dying is this very physical, tactile thing, more a person than a thing or an object. So it's almost like we need to unpack those two a little bit because when we start linking them together, it allows us to spiritualize this very physical thing that may hold all the anxiety. So when we are able to now be in um, a different alignment with those words, and we now have different language around how we speak about these processes, it allows us to be more present in it. But, you know, practical stuff is also spiritual, like filling out, you know, advanced directives, like letting your family know, like what you want done with all your stuff. Do you want to leave your Facebook up? One thing that I started doing is leaving little messages to myself in the future on my Facebook page. It's now my, my, my legacy. It's my future memorial. So I want to like put all these really great things on there. So my friends go back, they can find all the cool stuff. You know, They can see me for who I am. Be more vulnerable in those spaces because when you die, that's your memorial. <laughs> so you know, if you want to think of it that way, right? You know, Put some good stuff, but also share who you actually are in those spaces. Because when you die, like it's there. You know, one of our friends, your friends, Phoenix, like I still go back to his Facebook page and like go back and mine the stories that are there because that's what these things are now. We have this new technology that lets us prepare for memorializing. You can actually pick someone who is going to be your Facebook caretaker when you die. Most people don't even like want to look at that because just to think about that invokes 
a sense of anxiety or fear. So the, the goal is just to sit with that, be honest with it, be okay with the fear. Um, I often think it's not necessarily death that frightens us, it's dying that frightens us. And I think we really have to unpack what does that mean, you know, and, and really sit with those questions daily, you know, because every day you're dying and it's perfectly fine. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much, Michael, yeah, for absolutely. getting things started here and definitely a lot to think about just as we continue to roll through this discussion. And and again, absolutely. Again, like when, when we're talking about this, uh, at least I'm just mentioning a couple things and we're going to pass it over to, to Paul and then Fiona. I'm going to pass it over to you next because I know you have to head out after. Um, but again, you know, like when, when we were talking about this, when we were doing the tarot and everything like that, for me, from my own perspective, um, death has been something that hasn't been like just like a something I never looked at. Um, and, and again, this was as a result of the fact that, uh, as I'll introduce in a second, um, death has actually been quite close to my story as a result of the fact that it's actually been a big part of my father's story as well um, with his involvement. And he'll be able to introduce himself um, in the funeral services for, for multiple decades now and everything like that. Um, I know for me, at least being able to kind of look at death and even meditate on death has, if anything, brought even more gratitude towards being able to live each day, knowing that there is this constant impermanence um so that's one way that I, I obviously want to be able to phrase things but we'll, we'll keep the conversation going and um paul let, let me know if you're ready and, and i can pass the talking yeah. stick over to you all right so so paul again this is this is my father for those of you uh who have not had a chance to be able to hear his voice before we'll introduce him and paul please feel free to introduce yourself and and again just in terms of the topic of spiritual wisdom of death and dying what do you think and and any perspectives that you would like to be able to share and when you're ready, go right ahead. And thank you yeah, for being sure. here. Well, I guess first thing I should do is, is give a little bit of my background of what puts me in a position to speak with any kind of authority on this subject. And actually, as Brendan alluded to, as our family history goes back to the middle of the 18th century, my ancestor, John Culleton, was the first caretaker of the first Catholic cemetery in Toronto in 1855. So that's like 165 years. And his son followed him as the caretaker and to another and to another, right up to my father. And actually, and then in the 1918, my grandfather started one of the, the first limousine companies in the world called Culleton Limousine. And a big part of that was working with various funeral homes in Toronto, um, providing limousines and cars and hearses and things like that. So I, I grew up on this, um, on this kind of storytelling about being around the funeral home, funny things and, and things like that. So it, it's interesting because I didn't choose to go into the, the funeral business, but I was, I was at my, my aunt's funeral with my, my father. Actually, we were making arrangements for, and I'm looking around. I, I was, believe it or not, I was working for IBM at the time. And I was like, I didn't like working for IBM, but I was always interested in the funeral business. And so I was at this funeral home called Rosar Morrison's in Toronto. And um, I'm looking around, I go, yeah, I I think I can do this. So I found out there was a course and you, you take the course and you go to school, one year of school and then one year of apprenticeship. So at the age of uh, 20, 
2005, I, I went back to school and I, I got my, my funeral director's license. And actually, just if I may, um, I actually finished overall at the top of the course. So I guess I was, I was pretty good at it, but it was something that, um, th and that's really where my experience became. But, you know, like I was listening to uh, Mike talk about uh, his experience of death. And, and actually for me, one of the most profound experiences of death that started me on my journey of trying to understand what death was and where it was going was very early in my career to get your funeral director's license or to get into the school you had to do what was called observation so i did 30 hours of observation and and therefore you had to witness everything that was going on you had to be around the funerals you had to witness an embalming um all the different things that uh, to, to find out if you really had the stuff that it took to to, to do something like this but i'll, I'll never forget um, the first time I ever saw a person that had just died, and I'll never, it, it was one of those profound moments, and she was old, and I, I always remember that when they opened up, and she was on the table of the body bag in the morgue, and they, they pulled the zipper back, and, and her eyes were open, I, I looked into her eyes, and I could see that the life that was there was gone, I was looking at an empty shell and then it was at really at that moment for me there is this i wouldn't use the word genesis but it was definitely a revelation where i i really i it, it took my breath away like i literally went <gasps> because I, I realized at that time that there was a soul and and that in every human being you know like they always go to that saying that you know the eyes are the window of the soul and it was at that time i truly understood that and I didn't know where she had gone or what she had been, but I knew that she wasn't there anymore, even though her body was still warm and you could touch her. And, and she looked like a kindly old soul. So that was really kind of like where my journey began as a funeral director. And then when Brendan actually, when, when Brendan was born, I'd left funeral services and went into back into cemeteries and I was working in a cemetery and, and actually, the funny part of it is, if I, I know I'm jumping around a little bit, his, his sister took her first steps at a funeral. So go figure, you know, you could almost argue somewhere in our family, we're this long line of, of grave diggers. So from my perspective, I was in this position of the physical and, and the spiritual, the physical in terms of attending to the needs of the funeral and the bereaved. And, and then at the same time, the spirituality of it, you know, is really is being there for these people um, that were going through this experience and, and helping them through arguably what was, you know, one of the worst days of their lives. So, and that began a journey and that has been it for me for, for 35 years. And so I, I guess as a, as a witness, I've borne witness to literally tens of thousands of deaths over the years that I've seen. And it's always, I've always found death to be a wonder. And just, I always go back to the first time I looked into that woman's eyes because as strange as it may seem, to me, what came to my mind was death was a miracle in reverse. One of the times in your life you get 
to truly see a miracle is when you have the birth of a child and you see life for the first time. And you see your son take that first breath and you hear it and you hear them cry. And there's this moment of joy and there's this soul, new soul that has been born into this world. And then it going the other way, and, and that's a miracle. That's a miracle in itself. You go, where did this come from? And then when you look at it, death is really is that miracle in reverse where that soul goes somewhere else. And I think that is when I hear spirituality and contemplating um, the experience of death, that is the one thing I think that comes to us all is what, where does that soul go and what, what does that mean? What is that next step? Because as, as Mike said, the one thing we're absolutely guaranteed in life is that we will all die. That is, that is a fact. There is no getting around it. You know, I, I was, one of my jobs is I used to speak at churches and I, I used to get up and I, I would talk about um, the role of the cemetery in, the, in resolving the process of grief. I was very much into grief and bereavement. Um, and amongst the topics I talked about was talking to children about grief and the psychosocial development and things like that. But, you know, I'll, I'll never forget that uh, I was at this church one time and the priest gets up and he looks at everybody in the congregation. I'm standing there and he's about to introduce me and he says, I want to guarantee all of you one thing. No one gets out of this world alive. And it's kind of like that. What's that Jim Morrison song? I think that that he wrote at one time. It just from the doors. It escapes me at the moment. But it is so true. And so I, I think for all of us is we know that day is coming. Um, and I, I look at it and, and it, it fills me with wonder. Um, you know, as you get older, you start to think about it a little bit more. And, you know, you see the people that you love that are around you and that, you know, eventually, you know, in life, either you bury everybody that you love or someday they bury you. But eventually that is the journey that we all take. And so then it raises the question is, what is the journey? What is the next step? that we take when that we're doing this and do i have an answer for you no i don't i, I really don't all, all i know is that you know i've often thought about what is the moment of death actually brendan um speaking of the journey of death uh your mom and i came from the cemetery tonight because we were picking our cemetery plots and that that is a moment uh, one of those moments where you're well, first of all, nothing's going on. I just wanted to say that, but we felt it was time. I wanted to go to Woodland and we purchased our cemetery plots. But it was also, we're dealing with the reality of the possibility of death because we have a pandemic. And, you know, if it, something happens, it happens very quickly. So one of the most important things that when you're dealing with death is to be ready. The one thing I can't, cannot guarantee you is the, the the best time to deal with death, but I can tell you the worst time to, to arrange a funeral or a death of any kind, and that is when someone has died. At the very least, you got to make the information known to the people around you, because that's going to be the one question they're going to ask. And that's one I think I can tell you with absolute certainty that if you, if you do one thing in your life with regards to your funeral, don't necessarily have to plan it, but at least let people know what you want because that question is one that's going to be asked and if they know they'll thank you for it and if they don't the only thing it does is it it leaves them confused and it interferes with the process of grief so anyways i'm talked out on that i mean mm -hmm. i could go on and on and on but i will i will pass the 
what does that call it talking talk, stick Brennan. talking stick yeah yeah, yeah. so <laughs> talking heard. stick goes back to you thank you thank you paul and 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 i would like to be able to pass it back to you a little bit later um even just to be able to share a little bit more of um how to be able to educate people on the process of the the steps of grief um which is something that obviously you're familiar with because again i think being able to understand the like the the steps of grief that pe that people grow through will actually help us kind of identify that even within like culture right now because i think we're literally seeing that people are literally dealing with this death of death of an old way of being and and they're expressing this grief in a lot of different ways and maybe just before we pass it over to fiona paul can you just tell me like what are was it seven steps of grief is that what it is can you just tell well, us what those are real quick uh, Michael probably understands this better better than I do. I mean, we studied in school, and, and the classic is the Elizabeth Kubler-Ross step phases of grief, which was originally established and has changed over the years. But um, when someone dies and when we're, we're really dealing with the loss, actually, let me step back. First question we have to, thing we have to establish is what is grief and, and bereavement? And it's very important to understand that grief is a reaction to the loss of something of value in your life. And the greater psychological value of whatever it is that is lost, the greater the amount of grief that is felt. So, and, and it's a unique experience. And what I'm, what I'm saying is that grief can be physical or, or non-physical. Um, it, it could be loss of someone that we love or it could be loss of a way we like. We're dealing with this pandemic with a lot of grief right now. People are grieving um, the loss of a way of life of not having that holiday. Um, but then at the same time, then the bereavement is the behavior that that is a result of the amount of grief that is felt. And it can be very intense. But the other thing, too, is that grief is a unique experience. And no two people grieve in the same way, no matter what. Even within a family, you'll see people grieving in different ways. But uh, there are emotional steps that you go through. Um, and they, these will be the, the first initial step is shock when someone dies. And, and again, Michael understands this. Very well, anybody really that's been through a death, there's shock. There's emotional release, which is be like crying, um, anger, everybody, you know, a different place. Um, depression, uh, anxiety, you might get psychosomatic illness. Um, and then you get maybe a phase of bargaining. And, and then as you go through it, you, the, the most important thing with grief is that the person actually accepts the fact that the grief has happened and that, that their life has changed and that they have to go on with their life and, and have some form of come to terms within that. So I, I, Michael, maybe you can help me here. What, what was Kubler Ross? Is it what is the what is the current uh, clinical definition of grief now, or the stages of grief that are most acceptable? Yeah. Denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. There you go. And <clears throat> the new one that has come out from the uh, Grief Institute is it, it relates to integration, so going beyond acceptance. And I think the new voice that's come out um, on grief is Megan Devine. She has a site called Refuge in Grief. And she wrote a book called It's Okay That You're Not Okay. And it's a phenomenal book because it talks about um, toxic positivity and um, how we 
grief is a very nonlinear process. So the, the thing mm -hmm. I love about lists is, is it gives, I have my clients print out the list and put it in their journal so they can kind of see where they are. It gives you context so that you can work with something more tangible. So if I, I feel like today there's a lot of anger, it gives me permission because there's a list. The problem with lists sometimes is we feel like we have, we're checking them off and then, oh, there we go, done, list is done. Mm -hmm. And I think the thing we have to remember about grief is it can last forever. Like mm -hmm. there is no timeline for when you will finish feeling the pain of the loss. Um, there is broken heart syndrome, which is a very real thing mm -hmm. that happens through heartbreak that can kill you. It damages the ventricles in the heart, um, physically damages you. So like, like Paul said, grief is a very physical thing. Um, and I think, you know, having language, especially like the, the five stages, gives us context to where we are in a process. Yep. Um, telling I'm going to, sorry, I'm going to, I'm going to jump in here guys. <sighs> Only just, um, Fiona is going to have to head out in a minute. Is that correct? Okay. Fiona? Yeah. So we're going to, Fiona, do you want me to pass it back to Paul and then to you? Is that okay? No, no, or... no, no. Let, let Fiona, yeah, Fiona I don't talk. Mind. We can. Okay. Paul... Okay. No, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Paul, Paul, no, I, I only have, have a say. final, I only have a final thought on that. And, and that's, I'm dovetailing off of what Michael said. And I'm, I'm, I'm totally agreeing with the process of grief is a lot of people make the mistake of thinking that grief begins with the death and ends at the graveside with the funeral, but actually the process of grieving and healing is only beginning. And they have said that cycle, so psychologically that, that a grief period lasts for at least two years. And that is, that is all. And then, you know, then that person, that period of time is that person is, is grieving. Um, and they're doing their grief work. A lot of times when I was at the cemetery, actually, that's what a lot of times people were doing, you know, they're visiting and they're doing the grief work. Anyways, I just wanted to say that, but go on to Fiona there because she's got to move on. Okay. For, thank you. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Paul, as well. So we'll, we'll pass over to Fiona. There's definitely a lot of ideas that I have in mind. And, and again, you know, I think for many of us, it's something that like we learn how to deal with death simply by doing it and sometimes we don't even know how we'll respond to it until it happens i know for me that through the death of you know grandparents and even pets um holding those spiritual perspectives of of really being able to like honor the idea that this is that the, even the process of death is actually like an important step within the soul's bigger journey kind of going back to the wonder for me has been really helpful like for me when i um, was there with like my dog when he passed away it was actually something that I approach in a very kind of like shaman ceremony where I'm like I'm like help I'm like literally I feel honored to be able to help them walk across the rainbow bridge in this moment you know so it's like what happens if we were to actually be like not every death is going to be like that but imagine that process where and some people do this when they you know it's an elderly person just dying from age and and people gather and and yes there is grief there is sadness but there is also again kind of like the shortly after or even intertwined there can still be uh, again the celebration of life this person has made it all the way to this point in their journey and now here we are as a loving family and we get to kind of or, like send them off usher them onto that next again that next chapter of wonder i'm sure honestly i feel like if we actually fully knew what happened after death i feel like in some ways it would take away the significance of the process i think the unknown is actually a very important part of being able to help the soul come to terms with it fiona i'm going to pass over to you thank you so much for your patience please feel free to briefly introduce yourself and any thoughts related to the spiritual wisdom on death and dying go right ahead fiona welcome 
Hi everyone. So my name is Fiona Maynard and I go by Aura Vibin on all the platforms because our auras vibrate. So yeah, that's kind of the name behind it. And anything to do with um, spiritual wisdom on death, I can really speak on this because uh, I feel like I died last year spiritually. And before last year, I, I didn't believe in the afterlife. Um, I grew up like heavily Christian, right? So very indoctrinated in certain beliefs. And I kind of resented people for um, soaking me into this fear-based religion. Um, so, so yeah, I kind of, I believed in God my whole life. And then I kind of went to university, went to college and school takes you out of all that is spiritual. So they're like, they laugh at the idea of God. They laugh at the idea of higher powers or anything spirituality. So I definitely stopped believing in anything. Um, so then rewind to about a year ago, I got involved in something pretty scary and um, found out that there are beings that are not human on this planet. There are things and energies with us here. And I kind of, it kind of all just hit me all at once. And so that was really, really hard for me to take in. And so I went through this huge ego death, this huge death to like who I was, who I thought I was. Um, I had life all figured out like, oh, I got two degrees. I know exactly what I'm going to do. Nah, 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 nah. And then I went on this crazy other path that opened up my mind to a new world. So my, my being died and I was kind of like born into this new life. And what's amazing about that death here is that before my awakening, I was always like scared of death. I was always like, um, what, what's after? Like, what's after if I don't believe in anything? What comes next? But then when I died spiritually as I'm alive, now I'm like, okay, so I know I'm an infinite being. I know that as a fact because of my experiences and what I've encountered on this physical plane. Um, so I know that my soul is just here at one point in time and is going to move on. And yeah, so I think that was my biggest thing is dying here showed me that I'm an infinite being as opposed to before when I wasn't spiritually awakened, death was like this huge um, daunting idea because I didn't believe in anything spiritual. So yeah, that's, that's really my two cents on that. Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you, Fiona, for, for sharing and for joining us here tonight. And if you want to jump in with anything else before you head out, if you feel inspired, just let us know. Perfect. Awesome. Thank you. And reminder again, for, for all the creators that you see here tonight, you'll find their links in the show notes on YouTube. So be sure to connect with Fiona, Michael, and anybody else here uh, to be able to support them on their platforms. We're going to pass it over to Julia. And then from there, we're going to pass it over to Carly. So Julia, when you're ready, go right ahead. And thank you again for being here and introduce yourself. And when you're ready, go ahead. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Um, thank you, Paul and Michael and Fiona for sharing. I just love this conversation. It is, I mean, um, a scary topic for a lot of people to discuss. And I think that um, I love what Michael said that talking about death it doesn't make it happen any sooner. And just hearing that helps people, you know, oh yeah, it's not, it's really not that scary. It's okay to talk about that. Um, so I'll just talk for a little moment about what, 
my childhood was like um and then I'll move into like current day but so I grew up in a hunting family my family hunted <laughs> and brought home like dead animals all the time and I would see these like deer and um birds and really question like what's going on you know like this animal like that I we will take pictures of when we're driving like in the forest and now we're bringing a dead body into our home <laughs> it was really like it was really confusing for me we never had conversation about death um i would ask my dad you know what like what was it like and it's just you use a gun or whatever um so very young i had a scary fear like idea that life could be taken so soon and um maybe that it's not like so I don't know I don't know what I really thought but just having these animals coming in and um and we're using the animal of course we're using all parts of the animal so knowing that the body can also be used for food or whatever was an experience in its own um but I just thought I would share that animals are alive and they die too and we're all here together and so that was my first bit um and then um when I was a teenager I stayed with my aunt and her two babies and her father-in-law was really sick and this is really crazy I wanted to share this um I was home alone with them just watching them they're twins and they're infants and at the exact time, like out of nowhere, they were both sleeping or one was like watching TV, not able to move yet. And they both just started screaming, like in not a normal cry. It was just like this scream. And um, it was just like, I one they both started screaming at the same exact time, just out of nowhere, nothing triggered them. I wasn't around them to, to like, hurt them or anything like they were just screaming and it turned out that that exact moment where they were screaming their grandpa had passed away mm -hmm. and I thought that that was so powerful because I don't know how many people know this but children under seven are very connected with their past lives and they're very connected they can see auras they can see they can see things that they're more connected with that part um and that was mind blowing to me um, that they had both been screaming at the exact time when everybody came home and I was home alone with these kids and you know had to tell them they were screaming just for like five minutes and just nonstop. And then it just ended. Nothing, I didn't have to do anything. They just stopped crying. Um, and then everybody's coming into the door, you know, they're all crying. And in our culture, we wear white um, when someone's dying. Um, white is um, the color that we wear. Um, so that's was really crazy and um, for me to experience that and just knowing that children, and actually today, one of my friends on Facebook had posted um, a question. Her father had passed away and her seven-year-old um will see him and she will she's emotionally disturbed and she just posted out loud on facebook like what do i do and it's so important to 
choose the right language to use with children mm -hmm. and even with other adults and to make sure to not say, you know, they're gone, they're going on a vacation or something to be very real because people think that children can't deal with death, but children can. Children are actually very, um, very uh, able to handle death. And sometimes they're more able to handle death than adults um, in a more beautiful way. And so coming to present, um, you know, when I first, when I, well, maybe a couple of years after that experience with my twin cousins, I started working as a caregiver and I've been a caregiver for quite some time. And so I'm aware of what Michael does as a doula. And through my experience of working with people and seeing them transition and die, um, that this is an experience that can be made as comfortable as we can make it, that is possible that we can do that. And so just as much time as people put into making their labor as beautiful and perfect as they want it to be with the music, with the people, choosing the right people, choosing the right music, choosing the atmosphere, we can create that same kind as much as we can, only control so much in both of these times you know <laughs> sometimes in labor people need a surgery and sometimes in death it just doesn't end up the way we expect it to be so I wanted to share that as well and knowing that is also something very peaceful someone who does work and help people um, make the most comfortable dying experience is very valuable and um Another thing that I wanted to share <laughs> is that when my father was diagnosed with cancer, I think that I was, you know, when you hear cancer, a lot of my family died from cancer. So cancer has this association with death um, and not just my family, but a lot of other people in their lives. So my spiritual teacher at the time, this was really hard for me to um, just grasp. Like I didn't want to lose my dad. I was very scared. And she um, told me to not think of my dad as my dad and to think of him as just a soul. And I just, I just thought I would put that out there <laughs> because, you know, it kind of changed a lot of how I interacted with my dad ever since I, we kind of worked through different things and knowing that you know, whatever had happened in the past between us and, um, you know, we didn't always agree on everything. So that kind of thing was uh, easier for me to, um, to kind of overcome, I guess. So yeah, I just really love this topic and I'm looking forward to hearing what other people share and, you know, yeah, so thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Julia, so much for sharing. And we're going to get ready. Carly, am I passing over to you next? Can you just confirm there? Is that correct? Yeah. Okay, cool. So I'm uh, going to pass over to Carly. And, and again, you know, like this, there's, there's a lot of places for us to be able to take this conversation. I'd, I'd love to be able to even just kind of get 
some theories and perspectives based on what do you guys think happens when we die? You know, like this is a very powerful question and one that is not foreign to the things that we talk about here within the paradigm shift community. Uh, based on my perspective, again, I think death is, is very similar to goes right in hand with talking about the dream space, theoretically, depending on how you look at it. Um, death for, for one of the best ways that I've heard death explained is this idea that death is like taking off a tight boot. And, and so even for those of you who, uh, for those of you, as if there's many, for those who have experienced near death experiences, one of the things I'll actually talk about is this like feeling of just immense release and freedom in, in kind of like the, the, dis, the disconnection between themselves and their physical body. And then they kind of return back to their body and there's like, oh my God, like I'm like this, like I'm stuck in this thing. Like, what is this? Like this physical vessel that we're in. So again, even going back to what Paul was saying, you know, like what, what is the soul and, and, and where does it go? And, and again, you know, I think for me, this has been something that has sparked my curiosity over the years. And I've been fascinated with NDEs and OBEs and dreams and death, because I think as we continue to get curious about that, we actually begin to start to understand more about the nature of this reality. And that's where um, simply put, from my opinion, from my perspective, if I were to take my best guess at what death is, before we are born, we are kind of in like another space, you know, call it heaven, call it the astral realms, whatever you want to call it. And then we kind of come into this spirit, we come in as spirit into this physical body. And then every night when we dream, we literally kind of go back to a version of that space. And this is, again, like the astral planes. And this is why we, when we dream, this is why we actually have the opportunity to be in contact with like spirits of loved ones who have passed on. And this is like a thing that people will talk about. And then again, and then when we go through the process of death, we literally go through the process of, of returning back to that space once again. But the, the silver cord, uh, that concept of it being something that's still connected when you're dreaming, that is no longer connected. And it kind of, again, you kind of go there, but the, at that point, maybe there's, maybe it's not coming back quite in the same way. Um, and then even just the, I'll just mention a couple things real quick here. Even the idea of, um, based on a lot of assumptions, DMT being released in the brain naturally at death was something that fascinated me. Um, and, and again, this idea of like DMT just, just naturally being released in the brain uh, kind of represents this idea that there is like this immense kind of like psychedelic experience that happens at death. And if you've ever heard stories of people, if they're if they're dying, say, like on a bed and, and doing so in a way that isn't kind of distressing, you'll kind of hear about stories where, you know, they'll kind of be like looking up at the corner of a room and they're just like, oh, and they kind of like see something. And we talk about this being like, oh, like that's like the white light or something like that. But like, what if like what is actually happening there is like this 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 natural release of of this like natural psychedelic chemical and they're kind of like having this natural psychedelic experience that's kind of preparing them to kind of move beyond this physical body um so those type of things are incredibly incredibly fascinating to me and the other thing i'll just say real quick is i feel again you know through death we actually receive the invitation for us to be able to transform the relationship that we have with those who have passed on um a lot of people will talk about this where where they'll say you know like um for example my grandfather uh when he died he he had ms and he was in a wheelchair and and he died in in his bed and 
And at that point, you know, his body was very frail and, and there wasn't really too much that he could do. But then in, in my mind, at least within the story that I created, and maybe this was a part of my own healing and grief process, in my mind, I was like, you know what? Like, I feel like my grandfather can actually do more now that he has passed on like there's still a form of interaction there's still a form of communication um and based on what some people believe this would actually still be a part of the soul contract where it's like okay i'm gonna be your grandfather i'm gonna come here and then when i pass away i'm still gonna kind of like help you from the spirit realms from the astral realms and i'll show up to you through dreams and i'll show up to you through intuition and synchronicities and things like that um so again you know is death the end some would say absolutely not death is merely just another step within the journey and and it's a transformation um but what is beyond death perhaps more life you know just in a different way we're so used to this way and i think again the the fact that we don't fully know what's on the other side allows us to be much more invested in this experience, much more kind of like here, present now. Like imagine if we were just like, oh yeah, you know, like whatever, I'm just going to live here. And then after that, I'm going to go like fly around the galaxy and everything. And some people do have this belief, but I think again, having that unknown and, and in some ways that fear um, allows us to live in a more present and grateful way uh, of the experience we have right now. Um, the other thing, uh, this is a quote from the movie Troy, where they literally say uh, the uh, the character Achilles, played by Brad Pitt, he says, you know, like the gods envy us because we are mortal and because we are mortal, we can actually appreciate things on a different level. There's another thing I want to share with you guys afterwards. That's a little bit of a crazy synchronicity in a treat, but I'll wait until uh, we're a little bit further along. Carly, I'm going to pass over to you. Thank you again for joining us here. Thank you for your patience. And when you're ready, Carly, please feel free to introduce yourself and share your spiritual wisdom on death and dying. Go right. Thank you. Hi, I'm Carly. Um, there's a couple different directions I want to go in, but I'm going to start off um, talking about like what you were just saying about um, like, I guess, like when somebody dies, like what do you think really happens to them or in my own experience, like, I don't claim to know, you know, what happens when we die or anything like that, but I have had a recent experience with a family member passing away um, just a few months ago unexpectedly. And um, yeah, she was in her 20s. She was very young. Um, and I hadn't seen her, you know, for over a year. So it was really upsetting to me because, you know, she was my cousin. We used to see each other on um, Thanksgiving and on Christmas like every single year. So she was like a big part of my life and I always looked forward to seeing her on those special holidays. Um, so she did pass unexpectedly and um, it was really hard for me to process that because, you know, you know, somebody's here and then And like all of a sudden they're just not here anymore. It's like, especially when you don't know that they're gonna go. Um, I think it's doubly hard because you there's things that you wanna say or do with that person and you don't have the opportunity to do it. So I struggled with that um, because it just was very hard for me. Um, but 
actually like around the time that that happened, I did join this community and, um, you know, got more deeper into meditation. And it was pretty cool. Like Brendan did this meditation where we like walked on this dock with like somebody that meant a lot to us and we got to like say a message to them and have them like say something back to us. And my cousin was the person that I had, you know, show up at that time. And that was a really beautiful healing moment for me to be able to like say the words that I wanted to say to her, even though I didn't get to like actually say them to her in the physical. Um, so I think that's like a really powerful tool is like the power of meditation and you know, the power of the mind. Um, and then after that happened, I also had a dream in which like I found her and we shared some words and I asked her some questions that I was still like having in my mind about like her passing. And I actually got a lot of clarity from our conversation like through my dream. So um, to me, like that means that even though she's no longer here in the physical form, in the physical body, like I can still communicate with her in other ways. So I do think like people have a soul that leaves their body, that leaves the physical plane, that leaves their like vessel, but it can still, it's still like in here somewhere. I don't know exactly the words how to put it, but I do feel like our souls go on in some capacity. And um, ever since I was little, I had this fascination with past lives. And like, I would like go to the library and just like get out all these books on past lives. And I was like 10 years old. I don't know. So I feel like I always had this like knowing or like fascination with that, that always kept me interested and wanting to learn more about it. Um, but I don't think I have like a in-depth theory about souls and like how people die and everything like that. But I think it's cool to like each have our own idea and I don't want to like insert my opinion on anyone. I think it's, you know, different for us all. Um, so that, yeah, that's like the most recent experience I've had with death and probably one of the most profound ones. Um, but also I have had other family members that like pass unexpectedly and, you know, I think it's always hard when you don't um, have the opportunity to, you know, come to their bedside and like help them through it and to process things together. Um, one of the other things I wanted to talk about was like coming close to death and having like close brushes with death. Uh, I have had a few close encounters, I would say. Um, I would say the one that was most profound for me was about five years ago. I was hospitalized for five days with like a life-threatening condition and um, it was scary but like at the end of my hospital stay I became very 
changed as a result of what happened. And in my particular situation, um, I think what brought me into that situation was that I was not listening to my inner knowledge of my body and myself. I was more listening to outside opinions. Um, uh, basically, like I was really listening to a lot of doctors that didn't necessarily know what was best for me and caused me to get really sick. Um, but after I had that experience, I, you know, was like, I want to find like alternative ways to feel better. I want to find like natural healing that isn't going to hurt my body. I want to listen to my body more. So that's like what led me down the path of alternative medicine and wanting to become an acupuncturist and help other people um, because I had a chronic pain issue that, you know, Western medicine couldn't really help me with, but I found that acupuncture did. So I think after that experience, like I just became very aware of living in my body and when it doesn't feel well, I know exactly like what I need to do to, first of all, listen and not ignore what's going on. And then second of all, to do something about it and also like think for myself and not necessarily listen to what somebody with a medical degree has because they don't necessarily know. They're just making a guess on what they think. Um, so that was another thing. I also think like those close brushes with can make you feel more appreciation for your life. Um, those close brushes, like, I, I would say after that I had that experience, like I just felt like the world was something to really take care of and myself was something to really take care of and not take for granted. And um, another experience that I would like to share is my grandmother's wisdom. Um, she lived to be in her 90s. And I remember like even as a little kid, uh, she would talk about to me and like to all my, um, all of her grandchildren would talk about her death. Like she would just proactively say like, this is what's gonna happen when I, like, when I die. Like, I wanna be buried here. Um, I wanna be buried on this road, like, at this cemetery. Like, every time we'd come over, she'd, like, talk about it. Like, she just really um, was very comfortable with it. And I think that's pretty inspiring. I, I feel like it stems from her being so content with how she lived her life and that she felt like she accomplished what she wanted to do, that she just was like so, so um, comfortable with the idea of passing. And um, she also passed, like, like I said, we always would go over there for like holidays and she passed, like we went over there for um, Christmas Eve, the last time we saw her and then she passed on um, New Year's Eve. So I feel like she was like waiting 
to like have all the family gather and to be together like one last time. Um, so I do feel like kind of like what um, Michael was saying, like people can be very intentional with how they die and that, you know, it's always great to have a plan and to let people know your thoughts on exactly like where you want your body to go and yeah, I just think it speaks a lot to living life um, in a way that you are going to be proud of when you die and just to be content with all of your, with all of your life, really. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you again, Carly, for sharing and for being here tonight. Wonderful. Wonderful. Okay. All right. So we're going to pass it to Star Soul. Are we passing it over to you next? Is that correct? I'm going to pass it over to you next. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so I, I just want to mention there, there's a, a really cool uh, synchronicity that, that kind of happened today. Um, I actually met up with uh, one, of the, one of the leading members of our team, Joel. He was actually just kind of like passing through my city and, uh, and he had a gift for me and I already knew what the gift was ahead of time, but I didn't know that I would receive it today. Um, do you guys want to guess what the gift is? Like it's, I know it seems like a stretch, um, but uh, the, I mean, I'm not gonna drag it out too long. Anyways, make your guesses right now. Try and guess what it is. It's like a physical object. It's pretty cool though. And it relates to what we're talking about tonight. So um, the gift that Joel actually gave me was um, was this. This is, a, this is a crystal skull that Joel gave me. This is a fluorite crystal skull. And uh, these things are not that common. And I just thought it was a very interesting synchronicity for him to be able to gift me with this. And, and, and I happily accept it. And I appreciate Joel so much for being a member of the team. And, and again, you know, like with the image of the crystal skull, it's, it's again, the, the symbolism of it is something that is ultimately undeniably very much like a part of the energy I carry. I mean, obviously I, felt called for us to have this discussion. I mean, again, you know, my YouTube channel, for those of you who are paying attention, you know that it is Skull Babylon. And even the phrase Skull Babylon, basically in the way I've created it, refers to the concept of rebirth, rebirth from within, rebirthing Babylon from the inside out. So again, you know, I, I just thought that was a really, really interesting synchronicity for all of us just to be able to kind of be here, to be able to be collectively holders of the skull knowledge holders of the death knowledge right we have a choice it's not going to be for everyone some people will just be like hey you know what sorry not for me i don't like not that's okay but for those but for for others there will be those of us who will actually feel quite called to be able to be you know space holders for the concept of death and for the discussion of death and helping other people be able to see it from another perspective and Again, you know, death is something that is undeniably all around us. It is a part of nature. And the other things that I'll just mention real quick is that, you know, part of the reason our relationship will, with death will be a direct reflection of our relationship to attachment as well, you know, which is a very meditative kind of 
philosophical process, you know, like, how are you attached to things? Like, how do you attach to your material objects? How do you attach to your relationships? How do you attach to this physical body and everything like that? Some people, they hold on to things very, very, very tightly. And that's because the process of letting go is actually a muscle that we have to learn how to be able to develop. But I think when we kind of begin to understand really from a deep place within our soul that everything is transient, then we understand that instead of just holding on to things, instead we can simply hold them up. You know, we, we, we open our hands and kind of receive them as a gift. You know, it's kind of like something lands in your hands and you just kind of like, you know, it might be like a, like a butterfly and just like, oh, this is beautiful. I'm just going to appreciate with well, it, it while it's here knowing that it's going to fly away opposed to trying to be like oh i'm going to keep this butterfly and you try and take it and then you crush it and then suddenly you don't have that thing that you wanted to appreciate so much so i think a gratitude goes hand in hand with the concept of death with the symbolism of death um again which relates to this this process of of non-permanence of the ever-changing dynamic of of this reality and and the last thing i'll just say here and we'll pass over to star soul which I'm inspired by is the idea that um, within like the, the ancient practices, a big thing that they talked about was literally the idea of like, and Michael was talking about this earlier today a bit, meditating on death. What if you were to do that? What if you were to literally do that? What if you were to literally sit with the idea of your own death? Are you scared of it? Are you in some ways excited about it? Are you curious about it? You know, how do you feel about it? Because again, it's, it's, it's kind of one of those things where like, you know, even for myself, um, I'm in a, I'm looking forward to, to the future ahead of me. I'm not in any rush to die. Um, but at the same time, and, and, you know, maybe this is just naivety speaking or something like that, but, um, I'm not necessarily scared of my own death uh quite maybe perhaps how i was years and years ago um i'm not necessarily like trying to bring it upon me any sooner or anything like that but i'm not scared of it in the process where i deeply understand that it will happen when it's meant to happen and it's kind of something that's almost like a little bit beyond our control um to a degree to a degree but obviously we have the free will to be able to you know focus on living a healthy life and focusing on just taking care of ourselves. and 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 again you know i think with death this last thing i'll say here i'm passing to star soul and I, I apologize i just obviously there's a lot to talk about here a lot of people when they deal with death and, and this is actually coming from um from paul he i actually remember him talking about this a lot of people when they deal with grief it will become a very um when somebody else is dying we as humans have a tendency to make it about us but we do it unconsciously meaning when somebody else is dying we'll literally be kind of in this phase where we'll be like no 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 like i don't want you to die i don't want you to die because it will make me feel X, Y, Z, or I'll miss you, or I'll do this, or I don't want you, like, I, I want the memories, I want one more walk in the park, I want this. And so it's very much kind of about, like, our relationship to the, to the attachment and the relationship um, that we have with that person and the experiences that, that follow out of that. Um, but what happens when we show up to be able to be there for somebody else's process of death, knowing that it is very much more about them? And, and can we kind of put that that attachment behind us and really just be there in the presence for them? That's kind of like a, a, a reflection of like a, a degree of spiritual maturity. And, and there's nothing there's no shame in 
going about it any other way. I do just think it's part of the learning process um, and something that we can bring into the consciousness and all the feelings that we experience when we go through death are incredibly valid and incredibly relative. And I do just think that as we kind of move into death with more consciousness, we can kind of move into it from that perspective of, again, being stewards for the experience, knowing that we ourselves can't necessarily stop it, but all we can do is to be able to kind of like honor it and hold space for it and to be there with as much loving kindness as we can for those who are affected by it and be there as in, in for ourselves with as much loving kindness as well. So um, if anything we're talking about here tonight resonates with you, be it anything I'm saying or anybody else, you can drop 1111s in the chat and that just echoes through the chat to let us know that someone said something that resonates with you. Starso, we're going to pass it over to you. Please feel free to briefly introduce yourself. Welcome to tonight's discussion. Thank you so much for being a leading member. And when you're ready, go right ahead, brother. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited. Very excited to talk about this topic. And it's definitely not anything I've experienced firsthand. But um, I have been highly interested in ever since I was a kid, trying to figure out the great mystery of what happens next. What is consciousness? What is me outside of the physical form? And I believe strongly that my awareness continues on, that I, in a sense, will transcend the physical plane. But it's also that I become more of all the parts of the theater that is the physical plane around me. I've had experiences on psychedelics where I essentially feel like I had the experience of dying and my ego dissolved to a point where I was everybody at once and everybody was me, everybody knew me. We were all this one breath, this one moment and it was a bit like a ceremony. And I hear a lot of the NDEs, the near-death experiences talk about having a ceremony, you go towards the light, you meet your soul family. And I believe very strongly that I had experiences that were just like that, where just on the other side of what the veil is, which we don't really have the terminology to summarize this kind of experience, but the awareness that was I am was mirrored back to me in every person around me. And we all knew we were part of this I am person or entity that was the same and we were this one group the soul family and we knew each other for many lifetimes and it was fascinating how time didn't really exist up in this place and we could all sort of literally change hats we could move into each other's identities like costumes in a theatrical production is really what it felt like it was like okay i'm you now i'm you um and the big, the big theme in my experience, this is all my experience, um, big theme was judgment and unconditional love and that how do we move through our judgments of each other? And we had all these judgments, you know, oh, you did this, you did that. And they were pointing the same finger at me. And everybody had their fingers pointing. This one part is what I would call purgatory. It's just it's, judgment plane where everybody's like oh you did this you did this you're guilty i'm guilty we're all ashamed you know and and i had to figure out how to get out of purgatory and it, i had to go within myself 
and love myself unconditionally and stoke this internal flame that essentially lifted me up into the next level. And there were different levels where I moved through and we were all sort of the same people, but then we were in a different state of mind. It was like the other stuff didn't exist. We were in our higher forms and we were up. And then I moved through all these different challenges and planes up to like what is best described as etheric planes where what people would describe as heaven-like. Um, and those are very difficult to summarize for me, but it was like this immense, a lot like the paintings in the Renaissance period, there was like angels or angelic-like beings surrounding us and we all knew each other. And we had these, We were not physical, it was a very holographic reality. It was something that is still, I, I can't put words on it, but all these symbols and stuff that you find seeping through different art in today's world. And uh, people describe the DMT experiences with some of this stuff. And, and there were just, it was just this orchestration of me as everything. We were all looking at it from different angles, depending on what, what level of love we were experiencing. And we had a choice to go to all these different levels the entire time. I went to what I would consider hell, where I basically enslaved myself and felt like I was dying and was hopeless. And I pulled myself out of there after a couple hours. It was, it was not fun. And all the things, horrible, nasty things I believed were true, but then they weren't as soon as I pulled myself out of it. And then the new thing I was on to, which was unconditional love, was also true. And I realized that all throughout life, we're, we're doing this in, different, in a very slow, unconscious way. We're going through these challenges and these little ceremonies. Every time we reach joy, we kind of move through the ceremony. And I feel like death is basically that experience. And we can decide to reincarnate, to change hats, to change costumes, or we can go etheric or alien or whatever. And it's up to us. I don't, and there's no time. So we're doing, we're, we're making this decision to stay here constantly, timelessly. And then it's all one big moment at the same time. And that was what I was shown in my experience. Star Soul, thank you. Thank you so much for being able to share with us that, that experience. And, and so that, that was an NDE from how long ago was that experience, give or take? There were a those were a couple threaded together, but they were mm. all back when I was, I, I don't really take psychedelics as heavy anymore. I can't do that anymore. But like uh, seven years ago, uh, 10 years ago, a couple, couple points along those ways. Okay. Wow, very, very. But they powerful. all, they all, they all kept leading me back to the same experience. So mm. it was like the same thing each time, the same world. So the psychedelics would lead you to a similar place that you saw from the NDEs. Is that my understanding? Right. It, it, it was like I go back to that same moment that mm. I'm also familiar with when I'm awake, but when I'm asleep, I don't really remember it. And that's what I feel like everybody. We're all. Wow. But there's this one moment that we are all aware of taking place you know mm -hmm. on the other side it's, mm -hmm. it's a trip 
it's life's a trip absolutely well dude thank you so much for being able to kind of like document and share with us that experience that's exactly why we have the the space here as a community so that's beautiful is there there anything else you want to share before we pass the talking stick around a bit more i think i'm good for now thank you very much cool awesome thank you star soul well done beautiful all right team we're gonna pass it over to lauren we're gonna pass it over to you next correct yeah okay cool and then um and then we'll just kind of hang out here for a little bit longer um Paul, we can pass it over to you after Lauren if there's any thoughts that you have had while listening to this. And we'll aim to wrap up this broadcast probably maybe even within the next like half hour. I don't think this really needs to be a super long discussion. Um, we'll play it by feel. But again, we'll just keep going around the circle and then we'll just kind of go into a little bit more popcorn style. And yeah, again, you know, I think it's a, it's important for us to be able to have this discussion because even though it's taboo, uh, again, you know, it's important for us to be able to practice talking about it because it's something that for some of us, we may go on to be able to hold space for others and, and especially being able to help. I, I love the idea that there are cultures out there that have a completely different perspective on death than what we commonly do here within the Western world and everything like that, you know, so like it'd be interesting to just kind of learn from the other cultures and be able to understand how their perception on death actually changes their experience of life as well. Lauren, when you're ready, going to pass it over to you. Please feel free to introduce yourself. Thank you for being here. And if you can even just adjust your camera just a little bit, just before you do that, just moving it down just a little bit, just to frame it up. Yeah, that's perfect. Wonderful. Awesome. All right, Lauren, go right ahead. Thanks for joining. Thank you. Hello, guys. Thanks so much for sharing all your stories and philosophies and experiences. Um, it's always great to hear from so many different like-minded people. So my name is Lauren Bruno and I'm a hypnotherapist in Connecticut. Um, a big part of my specialty is past life regression. So I re recently got accredited in February and I've done about 50 past life regressions so far with people. Um, but death is something that I always feared as a child. I would dream about war. I would have very vivid dreams about war, even though I never watched war movies. No one allowed me to watch those. So I would run down, you know, the stairs as a child and just cry about death and why did we have to die? And, you know, just be fearful as a child thinking about the first time you're ever going to think about death. Um, and my mom just kind of comforted me and was like, you know, you really just have to make the best life that you can and show love towards others. And that's how I kind of went into life um, as very Roman Catholic, just praying. And, um, you know, my aunt was a nun, so I was in the Catholic church a lot. Um, but my aunt died and a week later in the mail, I got a letter that from her after she died and it was a poem book called Above the Horizon. So that always stuck with me that um, just kind of being around that. But then as I grew up, I kind of got into more conspiracy theories. I became atheist and kind of didn't really believe in anything but love. And so um, as soon as I started my meditation practice, I um, spoke about this a little bit before, but I did feel separation of consciousness from our bodies and just kind of feeling energy more channeling our energy. So that's what got me fascinated about past life regression, hypnotherapy and work with that. So um, the reenactment of the death moment is really weird where the trauma healing happens. And you don't have to believe in past lives in order to experience this visual imagery. Anyone can go into this and experience 
um, symbolism of lives, of cultures, of geography that they may have never seen before, speak languages they may have not really known before, and um, face experiences that and patterns that, that may be occurring in this life too, karmic patterns, um, and getting clarity from these, this brainwave state, you know, this higher self um, really helps you to experience life in a different point of view where it's just ever evolving and you're ebbing and flowing. And you may follow certain patterns or certain um, deaths of certain lifestyles, ego deaths, deaths of old paradigms, deaths of our belief patterns. And they all are so continuous. Um, but facing that death moment, um, the many times if you've ever experienced the past life regression is really where there's this peace that accompanies it. Um, and your subconscious won't let you go anywhere that you're not ready to go. So if you wouldn't want to experience something too um, unsafe, you're not ready for it, you, your higher self wouldn't let you go through that. But um, just it's allowing yourself to go through that death, almost like you would allow, you know, someone who is ready to die, as Brendan just mentioned, um, and even Carly mentioned clarity through your dreams. This is kind of like a clarity through your dream of this past life regression. Um, and that peace that accompanies it, it has such a, it, it, such a therapeutic value. Um, and just the enlightenment that comes after experiencing a past life regression, you feel lighter, you feel the, your soul release from your body. Some people, um, you know, either feel very, very light or very heavy. And it's definitely recommended to go ground yourself in the earth or in the soul or in the woods after you experience it. But that is one of my, um, it was one of the ways I got rid of my fear of death the most was going through these past life regressions, so to speak. And a lot of them did have to do with war, those dreams as a child, those dreams that we kind of had, how are we reenacting that and seeing those symbolisms, those um, repeated patterns that we're reenacting throughout these lives and just releasing the control, the need to control um, our death, anyone else's death is something I've learned throughout this life. And it's so important to learn um, the permission to let go, to let us go if we need to, or someone else to when they're ready. Um, and that's why I think clients who experience past life regressions really have an inner peace and you release so much. I think I would like to call it cell memory trauma almost. You don't have to believe in it, but I personally do. <laughs> After experiencing it so much, I am so fascinated by it, but everyone has their own beliefs. So <laughs> but yeah, that's just a little bit about my story and past life regression. Um, yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lauren, for, for sharing. And um, for those of you tuned in, if you guys, I think you guys probably heard me talking to the TikTok and Instagram feed there in the background, the Zoom called in to hear me. I apologize. I have my microphone at like 10% there in the background. But anyways, um, move, moving along here, uh, again, just appreciating everyone for joining. And, and again, us having this conversation, this is just practice. That's exactly what this is. This is why we are here to do this. Um, I wanted to be able to just be able to share some quotes 
related to death. Uh, it's literally just from a website and, and just be able to kind of like put some ideas within our mind, because obviously death is a, is, is a topic that people have philosophized. Like every single philosopher, every single human has thought about death. So every single person has a perspective or has a way of being able to understand it. One of the things I wanted to be able to even get into uh, as we kind of go through this discussion and get closer to the end, and this might be something for, uh, for Paul to be able to add in some uh, insight on as well, is to be able to talk about uh, how, do we, how do we move forward in the wake of death? You know, how do we heal? How do we kind of like get ourselves back to a, a normal, a, a new normal? And, and I'm not just trying to use that phrase because it's, again, kind of like a cliche at this point, but that's essentially what it, what it is. You know, it's again, it's going through a grief process and eventually uh, in many ways being able to, to, to have to change, have to change the way we relate to the world, yet still being able to live and still being able to find meaning and still being able to experience the gifts and the beauty and still being able to do what we can to be able to take care of our heart or again, to be able to help assist with those who may be close to us because that is undeniably an experience that all of us will have if it's not the death of someone close to us perhaps it will be the death of someone who's close to someone who's close to us say for example your partner what do you do when their parents die or, or something like that you know how do you hold space how do you hold space for someone who is going through this grief process because again you know i think even in those moments for us to be able to practice holding space for others is actually a very powerful part of our opportunity to be able to grow because it invites us into this deep empathetic place even though it might not necessarily be your immediate feelings you're not the one who had this relationship you still obviously care about the person in front of you but how can you allow yourself to kind of like show up with as much presence as much kindness as much heartfelt intention and how can we be able to help just kind of like continue to support those people on those next steps through the journey because i think again i think a lot of us as a result of just not being totally familiar with this if we go through that experience where somebody somebody who we know close to us is grieving if we're not educated on this it can be very overwhelming and it can be very stressful and, and very even traumatizing for for those uh who again are kind of like indirectly associated with those who are experiencing death as well honestly i feel like even though i don't expect it to happen anytime soon i feel like being able to educate people on the concept of death should be something that should be implemented into like curriculums or something like that you know like we we barely talk about it the only time we see it is inside of like fantasy and everything like that and then again and then once it happens to us immediately we're just like i don't know what to do with this how do i do with this so how do we educate each other on this and again you know even just thinking back and, and this might be you know topic just to be able to encourage people to research on our own thinking back to how cultures in the past have continued to be able to hold space for the experience of death Gonna read some quotes here, and then um, let's uh, maybe Paul. Maybe we can pass over to you, to you shortly after this. Um, this is a quote here from uh, from Jim Morrison, and Paul actually mentioned Jim Morrison earlier in reference to a song from The Doors. Um, it says, "People fear death even more than pain. It's strange that they fear death. Life hurts a lot more than death. At the point of death, the pain is over. Yeah, I guess it is a friend." And I think that. I'm trying to remember what song um, 
Paul was referring to. But yeah, that idea of like thinking that like, oh, like death can be a friend. That's again, that's one perspective of looking at it, um, which again, I think is obviously relative to Jim Morrison's story. There's a lot of a lot of suffering that, that he experienced in his lifetime as a young man. Emily Dickinson, quote from her, dying is a wild night and a new road, period. So I'm just going to read a few more of these. And I just want you guys to just kind of think about them. And again, just allow this to kind of open up some new doors, shift some paradigms, and maybe it'll just encourage you to look up some more quotes about death on your own. Mark Twain, I do not fear death. I had been dead for billions and billions of years before I was born, and I had not suffered the slightest inconvenience from it. So that's an interesting perspective, because here we have Mark Twain basically referring to the idea that death isn't just something that happens at the end of life. Death is actually something that happens simply when we're not alive, so to speak. So before we're born, are we dead? Are we in the space of death? Are we in the astral? You know, just another way of being able to think about it. Just going to read a couple more here. C.S. Lewis. If we really think that home is elsewhere and that this life is a wandering to find home, why should we not look forward to the arrival? So again, C.S. Lewis, uh, obviously, um, that's the author of Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe and other books, um, very much had a lot of Christian symbolism in their work and obviously had their own perspective on the idea of the afterlife. And and again, that's, that's a very powerful idea that death is this process of like returning home. And this is, again, you know, we talk about people experiencing this and NDEs and that's kind of what they say. They're just like, oh my God, you know, they, they come back and they're just like, that place was so familiar. And I felt like I was surrounded by family and guides and things of that manner. So again, there's, uh, it's fascinating. It's fascinating just to be able to, to listen to this. I'm just going to read, uh, let's see, just a couple more here. Um, uh, Montaigne says, if you don't know how to die, don't worry. Nature will tell you what to do on the spot fully and adequately. She will do this job perfectly for you. Don't bother your head about it. That's an interesting one. Uh, just to be able to think about that, that again, you know, like in the same way, nature is something that will grow trees and it will you know like bring things into life it is also equally doing its process in the process of transforming and decay and again you look at the forest the forest is literally nothing but a cycle of death and rebirth where the the fate of destruction is is the joy of rebirth the the decay of one thing becomes the soil and nutrients of another and so that's where one of the quotes that i've always kind of said to myself when it comes to death and this has been something that's kind of helped me through my own process is this idea that when someone close to us dies or even like a, a, a pet even this idea that their love lives on or sorry they live on through the love that we share that's something that i've always kind of communicated and even then i've i've, I've at times communicated it to others as well when they were going through process because again you know i think that's kind of this thing of understanding that yes from that perspective, this person was separate from us, but at the same time, as spirit, as soul, as consciousness, as love, they live on through us. They live on through us being able to kind of continue their ongoing mission or to continue their, their again, like just like the things that they have taught us as well. And again, I think of this in a lot with like, with my grandfather, um, who again, I was inspired by, I was inspired by all my grandparents, but in particular, my grandfather, who very much kind of like, understood and, and was interested in what I was doing related to like paradigm shift and everything like that. And, and he passed away um, back in like uh, 2007 or eight or nine. 
and uh, and and even then it was right around the time where I was starting Paradigm Shift, and for me it was like kind of like okay, like by me doing this is actually helping me kind of like connect with his spirit and you'll hear this a lot about people after someone close to them has died where they might like continue some sort of project that they that they had might have started with somebody else to be able to kind of like continue on in their memory and it, it actually helps them connect um you'll hear about this a lot of you know this is where people when, when their significant other passes away you know they'll like they'll go to places that they went to with their significant other they'll do things that they did with their significant other and again it's just inviting us into this really 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 just sacred gentle meaningful emotional place of of being able to understand that even though this person isn't physically with us the presence of their love is still something that is like within our heart if we feel called to be able to invite ourselves to connecting with that um so i think that's a very very powerful idea to being able to see it paul if you're there just let me know we're going to pass it over to you and and um any thoughts based on things that you've heard so far and and again you know i'd be curious especially from your experience helping people go through the process of dealing with loved ones who have passed on what helps people what what can we do as friends and family to support people following the process and and even for for ourselves you know what what do we need to keep in mind when this happens to us too paul go ahead when you're ready i think when you're I'd like to comment on all the topics uh, just while it's on my mind um, of, of just things that were raised uh, tonight, because I, I think there's a common thread in everything. And that is the, the, the continuity of the spirit and spirituality and asking that question is where, where does the spirit go? You know, the soul, the concept of, of the soul. And actually that thread I heard in everybody's story tonight from the death of a dealing with the death of a friend or a near death experience or out of body experience, uh, dealing, um, with angelic type beings or the possibility of, of reincarnation. They're all tied together from the perspective that, you know, of, of what, where the, where does the soul go? And, you know, what, what is, what is that journey? But to answer that question, when, you know, ultimately all of us have to deal, you know, I, I think the easy part for us is our own deaths. You know, we, we know we're going to die someday. And I think generally most everybody here is, a, is accepting a, of that fact. And I think the most important thing is that when the hardest thing is to deal with the death of someone that you love and, and helping the people that are around them. And, and the one thing I have found that when you're with a friend and they've lost someone that they love, there's, there's no magic bullet that, that you can give them. There's no magic saying that you can say, you know, we always struggle with what to say to this person besides I'm sorry. The one thing I would say is for people, and I heard Michael refer to this is don't hijack their grief. And what I'm saying is we, we try to find common ground say yes i went through that type of experience myself and so we try to connect with them but then what that does really is it it places them in a position where they have to relate to your grief when really what it's all about is it's their grief and what they need and so the best advice i can be give is just to be there for them and and to listen it, it's not how good a talker you are but it's how good a listener you are because they'll quite often they'll tell you how they feel 
and they'll tell you what they need. With regards, I would just like to say, I, I think there's a bigger conversation here and that could go in a lot of different directions. Uh, for example, um, losing someone, a, a young friend that is 20 or 20 years old. I went through that, you know, when you're my age, I'm, I'm not ancient, but I'm, you know, I'm 64 years old. You have life experiences that you go through. And so when you hear other people talking about them, you go, yep, yeah, check, you check a lot of boxes. And, and I, I remember what it was like to lose a, a friend at age 18 that, that drowned and, and what that did to me emotionally and where that took me. And then as a child grow of the 60s and the 70s growing up is, you know, looking into um, spirituality and, and dealing with um, mind altering or mind enlightening uh uh, drugs uh, itself was was also something that that you didn't that you explored, and then something I've always been very fascinated by is is the concept of uh, of uh, reincarnation and, and past lives, and you know the notion of having a dream when you're very young of really is something that you have no life experience. You know, to have some of your earliest memories at age three, four, five, being a soldier in a war. Like, how do you get something like that in your mind when you have no point of reference or your experience? So is that past life talking to you? And, and that's where you get this concept of spirituality and the continuity of the soul. So where I'm going with this is I think there's a much larger conversation that could be broken off into sound bites from every topic that was explored tonight. There is a very good movie I just like as a final thought, recommend people watch. And it's a movie that was came out in 1988 and it was called The Seventh Sign. And it was starring Demi Moore and Michael Bean and Jurgen Prucknow. But it's about a woman that's pregnant and she's in the danger of, of losing the child. And then at the same time, there's all these seals being broken that were the signs of the apocalypse. And actually the the last sign of that brings on the apocalypse is the birth of a child that is born without a soul. But part of her experience of that is going back to being actually alive, reincarnated and alive from the time of Christ. And she was actually there when Christ was being beaten by the soldiers um, before his crucifixion. So there's this whole tie between the journey of the soul and the journey of time and reincarnation. Um, and it's not a well-known movie, but uh, it's, it's a movie that, uh, given the conversation where it went tonight, I would highly recommend people um, find it and watch it. That's good. I'm good. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Paul, again for, for sharing. And yeah, j just echoing that, I, I agree, you know, like it, being able to, to help with the healing process isn't always going to be like this like proactive thing where it's like, here, take this, do this, do that, do this and that. But again, with the other person, yeah, a lot of it is just being able to practice like holding space and being there for them to be able to express themselves emotionally. And I think, again, like for us, when we're going through uh, the, the experiences of, of death and, and even, you know, even before it happens or after it happens is, is to be able to to communicate our feelings opposed to just feeling like we have to repress them. And, and I feel sorry for people who, you know, they might go through experiences of death and then they might feel as if it's like, 
unmanly, you know, if it's a male for them to be able to cry in, in the experience that they're going through. I think it should be encouraged that whatever it is that we're feeling in those moments is something that, that we bring into a place where we can share with others. One of the things I was actually quite, um, maybe, maybe Paul, I just want to be able to pass back to you because this is obviously something that both of us um, have had interest and experience with is being able to kind of like create some form of legacy honoring the person's journey beyond the death. And, and I was actually thinking again, you know, about like how both of us, my, my father and I, we've been involved in, you know, in making videos and documentaries and things like that. And we don't have to specifically get into those documentaries. But what I was also thinking about um, recently, Paul, was, was how you made um, like that video um, for your mother and your mother's sisters who have passed on most of them and and having like those photos and images of their life like literally from the 20s is like 1920s and and it was fascinating for me because this was a project that you worked on and for me to be able to kind of watch this and see these photos like here we were looking at people most of them have passed on and yet they were alive in that moment and and i think being able to preserve their memory and their legacy and the stories and the faces and the images and the emotions is something that we as community should continue to kind of like look towards doing again it's kind of like that continuation of the story beyond the death is how do we continue to honor that legacy and i think that's a natural part of our process you know sometimes we build monuments or statues or, or again you know we we have um like a memorial pages or anything like that but um and, and again I know, I know paul there's other things in in this but but yeah like I'm just kind of curious. I'm not exactly sure where I'm going with this, but I'm just kind of curious as to your thoughts in terms of like the importance of kind of like maintaining some form of documentation after death and how important that is for like the loved ones, you know, for the family. And I know we've seen that a lot where, you know, we'll be involved with something and then we give this to someone. They're like, oh my goodness, like this, like it, it's almost like it brings a part of that person back into their life. Um, and, and that's where, again, you know, for, for those of us here today and everything like that, you know, take pictures, take pictures, take videos, do like, you know, get photos of your family and everything like that. Cause like there will come a day where those will mean more to you than words can even explain, you know? So even just the little things, the nuanced things, it's not always going to be like a stage photo, get photos of your significant other when they're just like cooking dinner or something like that. Those are all very, very important moments. So again, it's like, not like you're doing it because it's like, oh, this is going to be for your memorial video someday, but it's just kind of like honoring those moments. But when the time comes, sometimes those photos and those videos are the only thing that you have left. And I think for many of us, those would be something incredibly important. Um, Paul, again, I'm just kind of curious into your thoughts of the significance of kind of like creating some sort of memorial documentation legacy for uh, people who are experiencing the, the death of a loved one. Any thoughts on that? Well, when I mean, when you get down to it, it's always and, and everybody that's in on this call will will agree because that's what I heard coming from everybody was it was their memories. And in the memories that they they have of the people that were in their lives and the things that made them, you know, valuable to them. So it it's when you do a video about someone you know, even if it's 10 years, it's still a form of grief work. And it's a way of passing on that memory um, to other generations so that they can, you know, appreciate them. You know, everybody can look back and say, yeah, it was my grandfather. And, you know, even going through stuff now, you, you look at 
with the pandemic and you hear about the flu epidemic of you know 1918 and you wonder wow this, how did people go through that but you know the way you define that is 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 through their memories and so i think it's really important and i i would encourage everyone you know this might be a good project for people to do is just to pull all your pictures together and get some music and pull it together and and tell the story of the lives of the people that you love you know what else is that's what else you know it's, it's a great thing to do mm -hmm. yeah and, and and again you know i i think of um the cultures like for example like cinco de mayo which um if i'm not is it cinco de mayo again I, i'm i'm not native to the culture but but obviously cinco de mayo is like celebration it's like day of the dead you know and and this was all about being able to kind of like commune with the dead through being able to like tell their stories again right so um i think that's a very very important thing for for us to be able to to hold space for just being able to know that um as part of our healing process tell people tell people about the loved ones who have passed on talk to them with family sit around the living room and tell stories you know be like oh remember this one time remember that time and like let those emotions be there like i can feel like even just, even just talking about this i can almost feel myself getting emotional because i'm just like thinking of times where this has been the case already um but again you know i think i think being able to have those videos those pictures those conversations uh all all very very incredibly important um paul was there anything else you wanted to add uh at this moment for you okay that's cool thank you everybody for sharing us um that was enlightening Awesome. congratulations it was a, it was a good time yeah good job team everyone so we're gonna get close to wrapping this up here um actually i i believe uh neil is actually just joining in um as well so we'll, we'll give neil a chance to be able to jump in even though we're close to the end of the broadcast but if anybody else you guys just let me know you guys just put your hand up if you're like ready to kind of jump in with something else and um once we kind of go around a little bit more we'll, we'll we'll wrap things up and and we'll conclude the broadcast and I, I appreciate everybody again just being here and and holding space and and again you know i i think i think it's important i think it's important for us to be able to have this conversation i i think it's a very it's going to be a different conversation for for many people and, and i think for me it, it's one that is something that is relates back to a lot of responsibility but it also relates back to a lot of kind of like the very metaphysical philosophical things that interest me as well so i feel that as humans we are literally doing our response it's our it's our responsibility to kind of like come into a place where we can start looking at death because if we just ignore it and just pretend that, that you know like i'll deal with it the day it happens and stuff like that like we're not helping ourselves and we're not helping those around us when we do that and i know it takes a little bit of courage it takes a little bravery to be able to step into that so i applaud i applaud each and every one of you to do that and and again it's it's a it's an important thing for us to do as a community as a collective as well so um neil i'm not sure if you're there but if you are um you can go ahead and turn on your video or jump in on audio and let me know but um star soul lauren or carly if anybody else wants to share any even we can get close to closing thoughts or, or gratitude let us know and then we'll finish it off with a meditation so um even if you guys want if you guys just want to add in some closing thoughts that's, that's totally fine we can do that now so uh lauren or star soul if either of you want to go next or any other thoughts please go ahead and just uh, let me know real quick and we'll pass it over to you. So, um, da, 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 da. cool. All right, Lauren, was that, yeah? Go ahead, yeah, yeah, no, go ahead, Lauren. And I was like, eh, eh, eh. Uh -huh. oh, um, 
I really, I don't really have much to say, but thank you so much for just sharing your space, everyone. Um, it's just fascinating to hear our experiences with death and just how we process it all really um, and trying to take space for those um, during our death, during our lives. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you, Carly. Or sorry, thank you. Thank you, Lauren. And um, <laughs> sorry. And, and you know, there, there's, there's a couple other things and, and uh, I'm just kind of, there's a lot of things on my mind as we were talking about this, but you know, for, for me again, like my, my experiences with death um, have been grandparents, some, some friends, friends of friends and things like that. But I, I know for me, like um, pets, dealing with pets, dealing with the mortality of pets is, is something that many of us have to deal with. And, you know, it's almost saying like, it's like, I don't want to think about it. I don't want to think about it. I love my dog too much. I don't want to think about it and everything like that. But obviously we go through it. And for me, when um, Shelby, our, our German shepherd, um, he passed away in 2016, which is crazy. It seems so long ago now. And I made a little video uh, about that experience. Again, kind of going back to what I was talking about with Paul. And, and for me, that was very important because I wanted to be able to kind of like share um, what the experience and the process of me moving through that death was like. And I actually did like live broadcast leading up to the day that we were going to put him down. And I was like literally in that space where I was like talking to people and just be like, hey, yeah, like here we are. And I was very open about it. And like I was even like crying on camera. Um, and it was very meaningful for other people to just kind of see myself kind of like being in such an open space where I was talking about death. But in particular, with that experience, one of the things that I felt was this idea that, you know, the relationships that we hold, they give us gifts. And even in the experience of death, in particular, relative to what I felt with um, with my dog passing away, I still felt like there was like this gift of allowing me to be able to step into more of my strength. And like that was kind of like something that I deeply felt like as my dog was passing away, because it and again, I'm not just telling you this to kind of like make you sad, but the context on this um, we had to put him down and synchronistically it lined up with my birthday. Like, like they were just like, oh, the vet's available on Monday. That happens to be your birthday. Like, do you want this? Like, Brendan, we could do it another day. But I was like, you know what? Like, this is about, this is about him. This is about the dog. This isn't about me. And you know what? In retrospect, the fact that if I can do it on my birthday, I consider it a gift. Like, and for me to kind of hear myself kind of approach it from that way, again, it's sort of, instead of going back to the like, no, no, no. Like, I don't want this. I don't want this. But instead understanding that it, this was about him. And, and him literally, not just as a dog, but as a soul, as a spirit, as an equal, and just that idea in itself, that is a little bit of a paradigm shift in itself. And really just being able to kind of allow myself to receive the gift that he, as a spirit, was giving me by allowing me to cultivate the strength to hold space through the process of him walking across the rainbow bridge. And so that was kind of like my thing. It was like, it's like, all right, like I'm doing this for you because you're my friend. Like as my dog, like my, it wasn't just my dog. Like it was like a soul. It was a spirit. It was my friend. He still is. Like, I still feel his spirit with me and everything like that. And just being able to kind of like move through that process for me, again, just kind of reminding it, what I experienced. And I hope in some ways this can give some relevant, relevant experience to you where through the experience of death, we actually receive the gift of allowing ourselves to tap into more of our courage. And we'll see that sometimes we'll go through that. Sometimes it will be very like automatic where we're just kind of like, we're just kind of like 
just moving through the process. But then afterwards, you're just like, whoa, like, how did I even do that? Like, it was almost like you were kind of like in a third person mode the entire time. Um, but for me, in that experience, I was very, very, very like present with that experience. Um, that was very powerful. And, and the other thing I'll just say real quick here, and um, Neil, let me know if you want to jump in uh, after this. For me, one of the things that really helped with continuing to connect with uh, with my dog, with Shelby, and not even just Shelby, but the spirits of all members of my family who, who I've you know cared about and who have passed on over the years, my grandparents, is uh, there's a tree and, and this tree is actually back near my parents' house, even though I'm not, I'm living uh, in an apartment now, so I don't see it every day, but um, this was kind of something that sparked as a result of near Shelby's passing, where uh, there was a very particular tree and it was usually the tree that he did his business on. And after he died, I made a habit of kind of every time when I would go around the block and walk my other dog, Dallin, I would literally go up to this tree and I would hug this tree and I would literally just take a moment. And for me, like that tree was like, I called it like the guardian tree. I gave it a name. And, and for me, that tree was a symbol and it was a gateway for me to just be able to connect into a moment where I acknowledged um, those who are with me in spirit and just be able to kind of like connect with them in my heart. And for me, that that is something that I continued to do. And, and if I were walking around the block today, I would literally just go up to the tree and just give it a little bit of hug and just be like, hey, like, it's me. I love you. And then just kind of give it a little pat and then go about my business. And honestly, I, I mentioned that because I feel like for some of you, if, especially if you have pets or family or loved ones, feel free to do that. Feel free to literally find a tree of significance associate this meaning to it that is relative to you and then hug that tree hug that tree as if you're physically hugging that person and honestly for me that was like something as simple as it was that was very very meaningful and, and i hope literally just by me being able to mention that for you maybe you'll create some version of your own guardian tree or call it what you will or again if it's not a tree it can be any sort of item but specifically having that tree uh for me was very very meaningful um any any thoughts on that? I mean, Paul. I mean, I don't know. Do you any any thoughts on that? I don't know. If, I'm, I'm not asking you to jump in, but obviously you had your own experience with that or anything. If you feel called to share, um, I'm sure other people have experiences with their own pets. But it, it's kind of funny. All the years I've been around death, I I can't handle the death of my own dog. I just can't. It just I I, I was. Uh, that was a horrible day for me. I remember I, I sat in the, the other room. I mean, you were a lot braver than I was because you were there. Um, but I, I, I just found it was so overwhelming. So uh, it's kind of funny, you know, when you when you lose a dog, it's like losing a child um, or it's close to the concept of losing a child without ever having gone through that. But, you know, when we talk about grief um, and the amount of grief, being felt is directly proportionate to the value of that person or in this case a pet in your life um you know it can be very profound and that's the way i i find with with animals i guess it's because of their innocence um you know it's 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 a pure spirit so anyways i'm i'm rambling here but you were much better at it than I was. And I mean, you know, like we've got another golden retriever and he's down and I just look at him every day and I go, Oh my God, how many days have we got left? And I'm like, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. <sighs> you know, you know, you go through four or five dogs in your life and it's, it really wears you down. 
you know, you say, I don't know. I don't know if I can go through this again. So, but I'm sure everybody here on this call is could contribute some kind of an experience too. So um, I'll shut up and let other people talk. No, I, I appreciate you sharing. And, and again, you know, like even, yeah, like with our pets and everything like that, when you can see, like, if anything, it's just like, you just love them, love them more and more each day. And, and, and again, it goes the same way for, for anybody in our life. Cause that's the reality. You never know. So what happens if we were to literally just kind of approach that idea where it's like, we don't, tomorrow isn't promise. So next time you hang out with your family, your friends, your pets, really bring your presence into that moment. Right. And, and I feel like in a lot of ways, that's a lot of the world has kind of gone through that shift where because of the pandemic, because of the scare, because of things being taken away from us and, and us losing those things, you know, when we do get to be able to experience those relationships, let us do it as an invitation to really be present. So, um, yeah, there's a, what was the other thing I was particularly going to say? There's something else I was going to say in particular. Um, yeah, no, I, the last thing I'll say, and then I, I think Neil, I'll pass it over to you. And then again, we're, we're almost at the end. So we're going to get close to wrapping it up. Um, I think that what, what Paul said is a very, very important point to be able to note is that, you know, when we experience grief and everything like that, we experience it as a reflection of the fact that we loved so deeply that we continue to love so deeply if you didn't care about something you wouldn't grieve over its loss but honor the fact that you feel so deeply about the death of something because you loved it so deeply and that's where like literally in the process of death it's actually again a very like psychedelic experience where it's actually like bringing you closer to like the godness that's how someone else has explained it this way um within your within that experience when you're in like the depths of despair you're actually like very close to like godness because you're experiencing like this very visceral emotional um way of being able to relate to the world and think of things like that I, I don't think i explained it perfectly but but yeah i think that's an important thing to just be able to understand that you know with with the highs there are the lows and and don't let the fear of death stop you from loving things as much as you can right here and now is what i would communicate so neil let me know if uh give me a thumbs up we'll pass it over to you dude i i know you're just kind of jumping in so i don't think you got to hear too much of the conversation earlier um did i okay lauren lauren did you want it you're heading out did you want to just wave goodbye you're, you're good to go okay all right thank you lauren so much for joining in and um yeah we're, we're just going to pass it to neil and then we'll do some closing thoughts and then we'll wrap it up and i appreciate everybody being here neil pass it over to you again I'm, i know you didn't get to hear too much earlier but um and don't need to go into like a full full on spiel and i appreciate you joining in but uh thoughts on spiritual wisdom of death and dying anything you feel called to share and when you're ready neil go ahead yeah well, it's very interesting that you chose this topic because um, there's actually a, I don't know if you heard of IANS, which is a um, near-death experiencer um, nonprofit. They do an annual conference. They've been doing it for 40 years uh, in the U.S. And they have hundreds of people come. And it's like the largest nonprofit that does research on near-death experiences and um, the wisdom that people get. So I just, because everybody's going online, you know, they reached out to me and I produced the whole entire conference online and we just did it last weekend. So, and then you had a topic that was pretty similar to when, what was, what we were discussing last weekend. So I wanted to come and kind of, I guess I'm in a tail end. So I guess I missed most of what you were saying, but I really wanted to come in here and what you guys are saying. But um, in regards to like my own personal feeling about death and the wisdom and um, 
of like the spiritual meaning of death. Like I've always known, you know, the soul's eternal. Ever since I was a kid, I kind of felt that we're not limited to this frequency. But I also realized only a few years ago that I had an in, innate fear of death. Like, um, you know, they say there's there's two, the top two um, things people are fearful fearful in the world are number one, public speaking and the fear of death, right? And um, so public speaking, I was cool with, but I still had the fear of death. And it's kind of interesting to me because fear of death was like, was like on the forefront. And I didn't know why, because I'm not really per se scared of getting old, but I remember as a child being scared that my um, parents were gonna die. So you know, like when I had that realization, I didn't even know how old I was, but that my parents were gonna die. And I guess that feeling stayed with me. So all I wanna do is really just share a story about how I kind of confronted this fear of death. Is that cool? So I was, um, you know, I've, I went to a lot of spiritual like things in my life. I've been to um, 10 day saw meditation retreat um, over six times. And every time I go there, I see that these emotions are coming up, you know, that I have the fear of death is coming up for me. But one time, um, I've also done like many plant medicine ceremonies in order to assist me as well. So one time I went down to Peru and it was, it were in the jungle of Peru. It was a 14 day ayahuasca retreat. And on the last day, um, before we left the jungle, I decided to walk up to the hill uh, and call and switch my phone on because my parents hadn't heard from me in a couple weeks. And I told them it wouldn't be that long. So I switched my phone on and I had a message from my dad. My dad said that my grandma was, um, you know, had a stroke and she was um, in critical care and everybody's going to England. So as I'm leaving the ayahuasca journey and I literally went to the ayahuasca experience, not to only heal many things, but my intention was to get over the fear of death, right? So on the last day leaving the ceremonies, the first thing I hear is like my the first person, because I don't know anybody, um, nobody close to me has ever died except for my uncle when I was very young. So I've never had that experience, right? And so the first thing I had to confront when I left the ayahuasca journey was um, the fact that my grandma could pass away. Two days later, when I'm still in Peru, about to go on a tour of ancient sites, uh, I get a call and my I spoke to my grandma and then she was having complications. They hung up the phone. Two minutes later, she died because she choked um, because she couldn't like swallow food or something and she couldn't breathe properly. She choked and died literally two minutes after I spoke to her. So I had to leave Peru early and go to Spain to her funeral. So it was a very interesting moment for me because I literally went there to go over the fear of death. And my entire experience as soon as I left was the first, the first death-like experience as an adult in my life manifesting. I had to go to Spain, leave early, I had to do the eulogy at her, um, at her funeral and you know see a cremation for the first time. And I got an opportunity to observe myself in the moment of experiencing somebody close to me dying after I just got out of this, it was like an immediate test, right? And at, and at that point, I felt like, I felt at peace, I felt compassion and love. And that was kind of my journey of how I really confronted the fear of death. I see that it still comes up for me every now and then. But um, I think continuing to work on it, continue to do these plant medicine ceremonies, and just having a greater perspective of what it means to be a human in this world, and that we're infinite souls, meditating, connecting to um, multidimensional versions of myself is really what helps me realize and not have that appending fear that something is going to happen. That's just my little story right there. Thank you, Neil. Thank you so much for sharing. Very, very powerful to be able to hear that. So wonderful. All right, team. 
So we're gonna we're gonna go around just kind of like with any closing thoughts and gratitude, and then we'll we'll wrap this up with just a simple little closing meditation as per routine. Um, Carly, Star Soul, any closing thoughts that you guys would like to share? Just go ahead, Star Soul, I'll pass over to you, and then Carly, if you want to go next afterwards. So, Star Soul, go ahead. Well, uh, both through my fascinations with the afterlife, metaphysics, consciousness, and all that stuff that we love to talk about. And through my experiences um, that I talked about earlier, I learned that while, yes, it's important to understand death, to have a framework, or if that's part of your path in life, to understand it, to be able to help share knowledge, the most important thing is to live fully and to, to be fully in love with both yourself and let that radiate to everyone else. And Forgiveness and non-judgment were the biggest themes that were shown to me in what is important about life from the perspective of death. And I feel like that's just important to always remember. It's just unconditional love. And that's what everything is in the end. There's no bad guys. There's no, no condemnation other than that which you cast on yourself and others. And love is the light that guides us home. Thank you guys very much. And for all you do, Brandon, and everybody in this team, and everybody's experience. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you, Star Soul, as well, for your words. Awesome. Okay. Um, Carly, would you like to jump in with some closing thoughts? If you're ready, go right ahead. Yep. Sure. Yeah, I want to say thank you, Brandon, for facilitating the conversation and um, letting everybody share their experiences and their philosophies about this. Um, I definitely learned different things to um, think about from just listening to the conversation tonight. So I really appreciate everybody's unique perspective. And there's so many different ways that you could go when you bring up this topic. And I think we did cover a lot of different areas and have more room in the future to go off on those different tangents. So yeah, I just want to say thank you. And I look forward to continuing the conversations. Thank you. Thank you, Carly, as well. And um, I, Neil, maybe just closing thoughts. I, again, I know, obviously, you just kind of jumped in at the end. Any closing thoughts for people to go out on when you're ready? Go ahead, dude. Nothing much, really. Just. Um you know, sending my love out to everybody out there. And um, I'm really excited. I feel that a lot of things are shifting in the world right now. And I feel that the end result is gonna be something positive. So it's just a good time to be alive and I love everybody. True that, yeah. And, and again, you know, like I think, thank you, Neil. I, I think that's a big theme, right? Is, is understanding that <clears throat> as one thing ends, another thing begins. So when we're not just talking about the physical death, when we're talking about the death of, Again, it, it, the word death is something that we put on uh, the human experience, but but the process of death outside of the human experience is merely a transition of cycles from one to the next. And, and we are witnessing that. We are witnessing old ways dying off to be able to make new room for, for the new ways that are coming in. And, and what are those new ways? And that's, that's the invitation. That's the continued conversation for us, you know, to decide as the old world changes, what will the new world become? So... Um, Paul, I'll pass it over to you if you would like to just be able to share any gratitude and closing thoughts, and we'll wrap this up in a minute when you're ready, Paul. Yeah, it's good that you did, because actually I just got the note from my phone that's about to die. 
Um, but uh, no, thank you for, for letting me participate and, and thank you to everybody that participated and took the time to share their stories. It was, uh, it was a very good evening and I, I hope that the conversation like this continues and I look forward to it. Awesome. Good thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Paul, for, for joining as well. And, and I don't know, it's kind of funny. It's like, it's like, oh no, our, like my phone's dying. Like I always found that kind of funny, right? It's like batteries die and stuff like that. We put these big words on material objects sometimes, but nonetheless. So it's like that commercial. I'm dying here. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. All right. I'll talk <laughs> to you later. I got to go. Thanks. Thanks again. See you later. Bye. All right. Okay. So with that said, team, we're, we're going to wrap this up. Thank you again to uh, Paul. For those of you who came in late, uh, that's my father. So thank you for him uh, for joining in. That was a nice treat. And thank you again for, for everyone who was able to, to join us here tonight. And be sure to connect with the links to their social media platforms through the YouTube info uh, down below. You can do that. And with that said, just going to conclude it off with a simple little meditation and then we will be on our way. So for everybody here, just join us if you're with us as you gently just close your eyes. And as you listen to my voice, gently just connecting with your breath and just bringing yourself into this space of gratitude and just visualizing all of us sitting in this circle, the same one we imagined at the beginning of this discussion and just holding space in our heart for the experiences that we have shared and heard and all the experiences that we carry with us and just looking at the other people in the circle and just expressing your gratitude and receiving that gratitude in return. Knowing that each and every single one of us is here to be facilitators for this experience of life. And with this experience of life is the experience of death and death is life. It is one part of it, the yin, the yang. Gently imagine all of us standing up and if you want, you can imagine all of us just kind of doing like a gentle group hug and you can even just hug yourself in this moment, physically hug yourself and just add like a little bit of a sway to your body as you imagine this nice big group hug and just take a few breaths here together, deep, gentle inhales and nice soft exhales and another one of those deep inhale and nice soft exhale and gently release and just imagining this hug circle just kind of disbanding and you can just take one more moment here to express any additional gratitude you can imagine going up and saying thank you to the people who are on tonight's podcast and even thanking me and i thank you again for for being here and gently when you are ready allowing yourself to return to this space within your heart at any moment slowly bring awareness back to your physical body wiggle your fingers wiggle your toes and gently open your eyes beautiful all right Thank you again, everyone, for joining in. For those of you in the YouTube chat, please feel free to leave your comments. Even for those of you who tuned in afterwards, let us know what you enjoyed about this discussion, maybe what you got out of it, or even simply to be able to express your gratitude for the community and the team. And with that said, we're going to wrap this up. Uh, just as a heads up, we will be doing another team podcast uh, next Thursday. Next Thursday is going to be our August 27th special community 
panel and global meditation for envisioning our futures. So if you're listening to this now, be sure to join us back then for next Thursday. And again, if you have enjoyed connecting and listening with this community, you're invited to connect further by joining our Discord server, our team chat. The link for that's in the YouTube info. And if you'd like to be able to join on air for future team podcasts, be sure to check out the Patreon where you can join as a leading member at the $11 a month level. And thank you again so much to our Patreon supporters and to everyone for your support in all forms. So with that said, we're going to conclude this episode. So thank you so much, everyone. And, and again, you know, just final thoughts. Death is a part of life. It, it is something mysterious. It is something philosophical. It is something real. And we owe it to ourselves and others to be able to meet it with an open heart and a brave spirit. So thank you again, everyone, for, for being brave and, and having this discussion with us tonight. And may we continue to carry and ripple this out further with us into our lives and into our community and show up as best as we can for, for those around us as we continue to experience this life and, and continue to appreciate it in every moment as best as we can. So wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. All right, team, for those of you still in the Zoom chat, please feel free to gently unmute your microphones and we'll say goodnight to everybody. And until next time, good night, everyone. We love you guys. Go ahead. Good night, guys. Send you guys so much love. Awesome. All right. Wonderful. And you guys can gently mute yourself. And until next time, thank you again, everyone. And we'll see you in the future. Special thank you to Danny Leonardo, whose music is featured at the beginning and end of this podcast. Be sure to check out more of Danny's work in the YouTube info. Thank you, Danny. <laughs>